MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Today, more information on the Boulder, Colorado shooting comes to light. A New York police officer is tied to Roger Stone and the insurrection. The Department of Justice has been considering insurrection sedition charges for weeks. Mike Sherwin did not get permission from the Department of Justice to go on 60 Minutes and discuss open and ongoing investigations. A suspect that sprayed officers with chemicals will remain in detention. Leon Black, the guy who was under investigation two months ago for a $50 million payment to Jeffrey Epstein has resigned from his position as CEO of the Apollo Group. An oath keeper is arrested for his role in the Capitol attack, and he's struggling because he's a family man with no prior prison experience. So sad. And the Senate has tapped Lieutenant General Karen Gibson to be the new sergeant at arms, and she'll have an all-female leadership team. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I am really excited about this particular Karen, Karen Gibson. Yes, finally, we need good Karens out there. There are many, many good Karens. This is one, and she has an all-female leadership team. You're going to tell us about that a little bit later. Uh, I know that uh, later on in the show, I'm going to be talking with Stephen Brown. He's a reporter from the New York Daily News. Uh, he's like the, he covers the Manhattan federal court and he's got some Roger Stone insurrection connection. Roger Stone all over this insurrection. <laughs> I have to laugh at the way this was stated, though, that this this family man, this oath keeper oh. uh, has no prior prison experience. Yeah, experience, right? <laughs> like he's a millennial looking for a job. Oh I, it, it's it's like, you know, because my younger sister's a millennial and, and she's uh, everywhere. They're like, you need 76 years of experience. And she's yeah. like, I'm 39. And uh, and it's that's just what that phrasing reminded me. No prior prison experience. He's struggling. He's struggling much like Jacob Chansley had a hard time with the non-organic, non-vegan food he was being given. Bless his heart. In prison. I know. Um, no wonder he stays all cuddly in those animal skins. He just needs a hug. <laughs> He's just so cold. <laughs> now, uh, we don't have a stereo show, you and I, this Thursday or next Tuesday. Uh, Andrew Torres is going to be on vacation. He's taken a well-needed break there. And uh, you have a gig. Uh, cool, awesome uh, women in media. What is it? It's in WeHo. It's, it's, it's the women. It's the, what is it? I'm seeing the 25th anniversary of the, the, it helps a Jewish organization for women. Anyway, it's, it's from um, the West Hollywood uh, City Council. I love WeHo City Council, by the way. I really should figure out exactly what it is before I start spouting my mouth. I'm like, I have a gig. There's women involved. I'm getting paid. Yeah. I, I remember a couple of years ago here in San Diego, we finally got on board and our city council was uh, like allowed for rainbow crosswalks yes. in, in Hillcrest like they do in WeHo. And and we were just like, we felt like West Hollywood for a day. It was pretty fantastic. I like Hillcrest. And they're beautiful, too. It's right there on Normal Street, um, where the center is, Normal mm-hmm. Street University. It's just so fantastic. I do have to say, there is something really lovely about driving down um, Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood and seeing all the rainbow flags and the, mm-hmm. the crosswalks. It just... 
it just feels nice to have the representation. Yeah. I know not everyone gets that, especially in middle America and uh, places in, in Texas and other places, but it is nice to live in a place where I can be out and open and feel fairly safe about it. Mm-hmm. Although you've performed at tons of places in Texas, but it's a wonderful state as well. But yeah, I do love WeHo. Oh, I love Houston, Austin, Dallas. I cannot wait to get back down there. Seriously, some of my favorite people on the planet. Aren't so great. Yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth is, is, that whole area is just so huge, but it's just so diverse and so wonderful. And, and the, you know, I haven't gone too many places in Texas. Love Austin. I've done South by Southwest a few times and um, absolutely love San Antonio. It's beautiful. Houston is fun. I mean, I, it's absolutely wonderful. I love it there. I was in San Antonio for the women's final four on the Riverwalk. Oh, like my God. a decade ago. It was Les Fest and basketball, and I could not have been happier. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. Uh, so, anyway, we will be back uh, on April 1st on the Stereo app where you can log live ask us anything we're usually having a, an adult beverage but you don't have to do that if that's not your thing just come and we sing songs it's wonderful it's absolutely seriously best part of my week i love it so we'll do that 5 p.m pacific 8 eastern tuesdays and thursdays uh also um oh i already talked about stephen brown and the insurrection connections but he, this is cool we we got an interview with andrew weissman nice. former top Mueller prosecutor talking about Michael Sherwin and his 60 Minutes uh, interview and and uh, a couple other things. That is going to be on today's episode, Wednesday's episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. You can search it by using the word clean up, all one word. Um, subscribe, give us a rating. We would love it. And uh, we love that you listen to that show. So we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so we have more details now than we did yesterday with regards to the mass shooting at the King Supers in Boulder, Colorado. The 21-year-old suspect in Monday's massacre at, Colorado, at the Colorado supermarket, who, which left 10 dead, including a store manager and a police officer, uh, this shooter faces 10 counts of murder in the first degree. That's police on Tuesday reporting that. The gunman, who at some point was shot in the leg, was in stable condition at a hospital Tuesday and will be jailed after his treatment is finished. The motive um, of the Boulder killings, one of several mass shootings in the U.S. over the last week, we've had seven, isn't immediately known. And the investigation will take a long time, authorities said. And it was weird. It took hours for them to even tell us how many people had perished in the shooting. So they're they're doing this very slowly, very methodically. Uh, but they say, quote, I promise that all of us here will work tirelessly to make sure that the killer is held absolutely and fully accountable for what he did. Boulder County District Attorney Michael Doherty, that's who said that on Tuesday at a news conference in Boulder. Here, I want to take a moment. Um, I have the names of the victims. I just want to read them. It's Trelana Bartokowiak. She was 49. Suzanne Fountain, 59. Terry Liker, 51. Kevin Mahoney, 61. Lynn Murray, 62. Ricky Olds, 25 years old. Nevin Stanisic, 23. Denny Strong was 20. Eric Talley, 51, and Jody Waters, 65. Um, all of our hearts just go out to these families and these victims. I saw a post on Twitter, uh, AG, just a short interjection, and I'm, I'm, it was, uh, I believe, Kevin Mahoney's daughter uh, posted that her father had perished, and I think this summer he had walked her down the aisle. I saw that post. It was a very beautiful post. Um, yeah. yeah, and, I've seen, you know, just these tributes, um, to all of these folks I've seen so many on social media and that's that's the way um, this is done I believe because we, we should be focusing on 
you know, supporting these victims and their families, doing something about these tragedies in the United States and ignoring and not sharing the name of the gunman. I agree, 100 percent. Former President Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama released a statement on the Colorado shooting and gun violence. I recommend you read the entire statement, but here's what he had to say toward the end of the lengthy statement. It's a very moving statement. He said, quote, a once in a century pandemic cannot be the only thing that slows mass shooting in this country. We shouldn't have to choose between one type of tragedy and another. It's time for leaders everywhere to listen to the American people when they say enough is enough, because this is a normal we can no longer afford. It is long past time for those in power to fight this epidemic of gun violence, to do so. And it's really interesting when he says we the, the pandemic shouldn't be the only thing that slows this slows mass shootings and we shouldn't have to choose between one type of tragedy and the other and i want to read for you really quick um the previous co-host jordan coburn posted something really powerful on twitter and i i shared it and uh i'm just going to see if i can read this for you because it really really moved me it was um one of one of her teachers um had put a uh, posted a photo of the door to her classroom and had put this as a, a caption, current dilemma, door open to ventilate and protect us from COVID or door closed to prevent us from active shooters. I know, um, just that's the choice. And, and what Obama is saying here is we shouldn't be forced to make that choice. I concur. Shortly after that, Biden made remarks calling for the Senate to immediately pass the two bipartisan bills passed by the House that closed loopholes in the background check system. He said we should also ban assault weapons in the process. Jen Psaki said on Air Force One that the White House isn't ruling out an executive action on gun reform. And, and you know, this is making these calls to the Senate on these bipartisan bills. These are very, very common sense, closing the boyfriend loophole and and background checks for private gun sales. And John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, was like, we have drunk drivers in this country all the time. We have drunk drivers in this country all the time. Why are we worried about guns. And and I think I, I think I replied like, yeah, I heard that if you, you know, buy a car in a private sale, you don't have to have a license for it. <laughs> uh, and also, um, my understanding is if your boyfriend kills you while driving drunk, that's okay. Uh, we only revoke their license if you're married. So like, it's just, it just sounds so idiotic. And Ted Cruz during the same hearing was like, every time there's a mass shooting, something, something, something. And just, just the phrase Every time there's a mass shooting. That phrase alone. He, he, I don't know if he can hear himself. He can't. He can't. If he could hear himself, he wouldn't speak like that, first of all. His voice is so creepy. I know. I, I hate that guy. And and here's the thing. Biden also called for banning assault weapons, which we did in 1994 and reduced uh, deaths significantly. The city of Boulder passed an assault weapons ban in 2018 as a way to prevent mass shootings like the one that killed 17 at the high school in Parkland, Florida, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Ten days ago, that ban was blocked in court, and the shooter bought the AR-15 he used in this shooting within a week of the attack. It's not, this isn't, it's not that fucking hard. That's what upsets me is that, you know, we're not taking away guns. This isn't taking away the guns from lawful gun owners. It is making it harder for people who want to commit a mass murder to get the gun the day of, the week of, without a background check. We're just closing loopholes for God's sake. Oh, all right. Yeah. AG, thank you for that. We will continue to keep you up on those stories as they come through uh, our desks, so to speak. 
Now, this next story, this is about Leon Black. So Leon Black has relinquished all control of Apollo Global Management, the private equity firm he led for more than three decades, just two months after he said he would remain chairman following the revelation he paid more than $150 million to the disgraced financier. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not use financier to describe Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I think there are better (laughs) words for him. Um, However, Mm. for this story, this is what we'll do. Mr. Black's departure as chairman was unexpected. Obviously, in January, when Apollo released an independent report by the law firm Deckard into Mr. Black's financial relationship with Mr. Epstein, the firm said that Mr. Black would keep that position even after stepping down as chief executive by his 70th birthday. And that's in July. But Mr. Black said in a letter sent late Sunday, this is just fucking ridiculous, to Apollo's board that the publicity over his dealings with Mr. Epstein have affected his health. I'm sure that's not what's affected his health. He's not. He doesn't have prison experience. Uh, that's I what think. it is. I think that, you know what, that's what it is. He's got pre-prison syndrome, PPS. It must be it. It's very common among rich white men. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Black asked the board to conduct the review in October after the New York Times reported that he had paid at least $50 million in, I'm putting this in quotes, fees to Mr. Epstein from 2012 to 2017. That's only five years. After Mr. Epstein's arrest in 2019, Mr. Black told investigators he had, and I quote, limited relationship with Mr. Epstein and consulted him from time to time on personal financial matters. He had a 50 fucking million dollar relationship with Mr. Epstein. You know, just time to time. AG, just time to time. It was very limited. 10 million dollars a time. <sighs> yeah, well we know we all kind of I fi- I think I have a feeling cuz cuz Epstein doesn't know anything about hedge funds, but here he is running this multi-million possibly billion dollar hedge fund for super rich dudes all over the world it's a friggin it's a it's a blackmail scheme it's probably he was in cahoots with mogulevich i'm sure i mean i know this is all speculation but i mean duh who's going to give epstein 50 million dollars and then another hundred to invest for his financial advice sound financial advice Anyway. All right. The next up here, Justice Department officials have reviewed potential sedition charges against members of the Oath Keepers militia group who attacked the Capitol January 6th. And they've been weighing whether to file them for weeks. That's according to law enforcement officials briefed on deliberations. We knew yesterday the big story came out. We're looking at sedition charges. You know, member Sherwin went on 60 Minutes and oh, are you sedition. I think that it meets the bar for that. Uh, Well, they've been weighing this for weeks. That's according to law enforcement officials. And the the group members, including Caldwell, Jessica Watkins, Donovan Crowell, who were indicted last month on charges of conspiring to obstruct Congress's ability to certify President-elect Biden's Electoral College victory. Now, DOJ has rarely brought charges of sedition, as we as we said, the crime of conspiring to overthrow the government and has not yet successfully prosecuted such a case in more than 20 years. The decision about how to move forward has languished while Justice Department leaders go through the Senate confirmation process. Attorney General Merrick Garland was sworn in March 11th and is likely to have final say over such high-profile case, this particular one especially. Law enforcement officials have given senior officials in the Justice Department's National Security Division potential evidence that they had gathered about the trio and an analysis of whether those facts supported a sedition charge, but they stopped short of delivering a more formal prosecution memo or draft an indictment. We will keep you posted on that. And a judge in West Virginia has ordered U.S. Capitol riot suspect George Pierre Tanios, or Tanios, detained on charges. He has to be detained. He can't go home to his mom. 
Uh, He conspired with a friend to assault three police officers with chemical spray, including one officer, Sicknick, who later died. Prosecutors also said they had reason to believe Tanios's mother would try to help her son flee the country to her native Lebanon if he was released from custody. The mother denied the claim. Tanios of Morgantown, West Virginia, and a friend, Julian Cater of State College, Pennsylvania, are facing multiple criminal counts, including assaulting police with a deadly weapon and obstructing an official proceeding. Cater and Tanios are not charged with killing the officer. His, his because of cause of death remains unclear at this point. But Mike Sherwin told 60 Minutes that if the medical examiner links his death to the bear spray, there would be a murder charge. Though Sherwin should not have been on television giving details about evidence in an ongoing investigation. And as it turns out... We learned today he did not obtain permission from the Department of Justice to appear on 60 Minutes. That's per Department of Justice longstanding policy. Andrew Torres and I spoke again with former Mueller prosecutor Andrew Weissman about that on today's cleanup on Al 45. Give that a listen. And this just in, this has just been handed to me. Judge Mehta, we know him from uh, the Mueller investigation, is summoning all of the lawyers involved in the Oath Keepers case this afternoon to discuss, quote, recent statements to the media about these proceedings. This is likely about Sherwin's comments and the New York Times piece about possible sedition charges for Oath Keepers that dropped Monday night. John Crabb, the head of the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office of Criminal Division, said Sherwin's 60 Minutes interview appears to have violated Department of Justice rules and will be referred for an internal investigation. And a Florida man, member of the Oath Keeper Militia Organization, was charged with coordinating a military-style attack on the Capitol aimed at overthrowing the federal government. Uh, And he's asking a federal judge to please reconsider a ruling that will keep him in jail until his trial. Attorneys for Young on Monday filed a motion seeking to have the initial bond ruling vacated, arguing the government lacked sufficient evidence to hold him on the charges and cited his strong character and the psychological burdens Young had endured during his first-ever prison stint. These are the reasons he should be released. Young's attorney also claimed that deleting his Facebook page, where he posted photos and videos of the insurrection, did not amount to obstruction of justice because he was unaware that the FBI had opened an active investigation into him. It's not how that works. Hmm. And he's sad. The prison oh. has given him the sads and he wants to go home. These poor babies. Pobrecito. I love that we are ending the segment with some good news. I Finally, know. Lieutenant. Yes, this is our Karen. Mm. Lieutenant General Karen Gibson was sworn in on Monday as the Senate's new sergeant at arms, its top security official. She's only the second woman to hold the position in the chamber's 232 year history. I repeat, the second woman. General Gibson's leadership team is groundbreaking. It includes Kelly Fado as Deputy Sergeant-at-Arms and Jennifer Hemingway as Chief of Staff. Now, this is the first time all three of the Senate's top security posts have been held by women. Mm. I love that. Yes. And this is a quote. People have been selected for their qualifications and their competence. General Gibson, who retired from the Army last year, said in an interview, gender is perhaps not really relevant. Now, Senator Chuck Schumer, as we know, a Democrat from New York, had the majority, and as I like to say, the majority leader, Mm -hmm. uh, called the team the, quote, three most qualified people you could find. And he went on to say, maybe in the past, someone would say, we can't have three women. Not anymore. General Gibson is taking over the job at a demanding time for the Capitol security. Um, As we know, nearly 140 police officers were injured during that pro-Trump attack that left five people dead. And this in the aftermath of that, all three top Capitol security officials resigned under pressure. So it is nice to have competent people back in position and hopefully they'll be able to clean up that mess. 
Yeah, under justified pressure, by the way. Yes. All right, we'll be right back with Daily News reporter Stephen Brown, who has he has an exclusive about a New York Police Department officer's ties to Roger Stone, Oath Keepers, and the Proud Boys. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Modern Fertility. Remember sex ed? We mostly learned how to prevent pregnancy, but not how to actually plan for it. Well, it's time for a new type of education that puts your reproductive goals front and center. That's Modern Fertility. They make that possible with easy at-home fertility hormone testing. With Modern Fertility, you can unlock tons of insight into your reproductive health. Modern Fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label, and you get all your personalized results within 10 days. Traditionally, testing with your doctor can cost over a thousand bucks, but Modern Fertility is just $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash daily beans, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight on how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. And the results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. So if you want kids today, or maybe one day, or not, you just need information to make the decision that's best for you, right now you can do that with Modern Fertility. They're offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. That means your test is only $139 instead of hundreds or thousands that it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20, get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining me today is Manhattan Federal Court reporter for the New York Daily News, Stephen Brown. Stephen, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to meet you. We haven't had you on the show before, so I'm excited to talk to you. And, you know, right after we recorded our Monday show, we, you know, have we did a deep dive into Roger Stone's ties to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. You dropped right after we recorded, you dropped this story in the New York Daily News. Could you tell us who Sal Greco is and kind of give us the history that you uncovered in this piece that you did with his of his ties to Roger Stone? Sure. So my colleague Graham Raymond and I, um, you know, learned about Sal Greco from a source. It was actually one of Graham's sources um, who reached out to uh, my colleague, who is a um, one of our police reporters and was disgusted um, by Sal Greco's presence in Washington, D.C. Uh, on the 6th. Um, just to be clear, there's no indication Greco actually went to the insurrection, but he was there with Roger Stone that morning. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of scrutiny of what Roger Stone was doing that morning. He was with, he had the Oath Keepers as protection, and um, some of whom then are accused of going to the Capitol and entering the Capitol. And among that small group of people was this NYPD officer, Sal Greco, a um, 12-year officer, a member of the Traffic Enforcement Division, um, and as it turns out, a very close friend of Roger Stone. And as we started looking into Sal Greco, trying to figure out what his role is in Stone's entourage, um, we learned that he's a, you know, a uh, outspoken Trump supporter, um, a uh, uh, outspoken Roger Stone supporter, and uh, and he's been he's just sort of turns up at all these significant moments in uh, of right wing gatherings that preceded the insurrection. 
Um, he was there at uh, he was there for with Stone at his trial, and he was there at a rally that Stone spoke at in December in D.C., where there were a bunch of Proud Boys, and uh, of course he was with Stone the fifth and the sixth. And so, um, you know, there's a lot to dig in there. Yeah. So, you know, for for reference, you know, we all have seen the photo and the video of the morning of January 6th out front of Roger Stone's hotel, the hotel he said he never left uh, during the during the day of the insurrection. And there and there's this guy we have. We're like, yeah, but who's that guy? He's not an oath keep. Like, who's that guy? And. And, you know, like you said, he, he's always he's walking behind him coming out of the courtroom back in the day and in the Mueller investigation uh, and and all of that. And we were just like, who is that guy? And you guys have 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 figured this out. It is this this NYPD officer Greco. He also has associations with the Manhattan Madam Kristen Davis. We remember Kristen Davis from the Mueller investigation. She was subpoenaed. She was brought in and interviewed because of her connection, her closeness with Roger Stone and I'm I'm sort of baffled as to why an active NYPD officer would be hanging out with felons, Stone or Davis or otherwise. I mean, isn't that frowned upon? It is. There are NYPD regulations uh, prohibiting um, officers of any rank from associating with felons. Now, the enforcement of this is a little fuzzy. I mean, Bernie Carrick, before he was pardoned, was a felon. He was also a former NYPD commissioner, and he rubbed elbows with police officers, as I understand it. Roger Stone's kind of in a unique space because he was a felon, but then he was pardoned, and he's no longer a felon. Uh, Kristen Davis, you know, she she's a felon. Um, uh, so by the letter of the NYPD rules, Sal Greco should not um, have been doing been hanging out with her. Um, I mean, given the accusations against Roger Stone and that Roger Stone's own reputation that, which, you know, he embraces like Roger Stone embraces his reputation as a, as a political trickster. Um, you know, it is, it was unusual that this NYPD officer was just hanging out with him and they, they really became like best buds. It seems like in the last two years, um, I mean, by, just judging by what Davis and Stone told us, um, they became close friends. But regardless, I mean, Greco's been hanging out with Stone for since well before he received his commutation or his pardon. So, yeah, it's just it's it's really interesting. And and Greco also has this really sketchy social media history as well. I uh, you had uh, said that he actually liked the post. Uh, on Instagram that Roger Stone made that actually got him wrapped up in a gag order because it had the Judge Beryl Howell, who was who was presiding over Stone's case with crosshairs near her head. And he apparently he he liked that post and had some other social media run ins as well. That's that's correct. Um, you know, there's definitely an odd look for a uh, cop to like a post of a federal judge alongside some crosshairs. I mean, it's pretty surprising, alarming, maybe. Um, the, the social media sort of connection that we found that was the most interesting was that Greco was friends on Venmo with a account controlled by an accused Oath Keeper named Joshua James, 
who was also there um, the morning of the 6th in front of the hotel protecting Stone and who then allegedly entered the Capitol. Um, That Venmo account controlled by James, which was uh, at OK Alabama, has only 18 friends, one of whom uh, is Greco. So there's no, to be clear, there's no um, indication of any transactions. There's no public transactions we saw, but we still found it pretty surprising and worth noting. I mean, it was one of the central details of our story um, that an NYPD officer was connected on a cash sharing app with uh, an accused oath keeper. Yeah, and you there was, though, a payment to Greco from Roger Stone's wife at some point. Was there not? When there was, was that? Yeah, Nydia Stone um, paid, paid Greco for expenses shortly after uh, Roger Stone's pardon and we don't know we don't know any we don't know more about like what the purpose of that was um roger stone actually provided some new details in a post he just wrote recently uh like in the last hour or two i just came aware of it um roger stone said that uh nydia reimbursed greco for the cost of several nights lodging in june in a hotel near their florida home uh, and the cost of a rental car in December when Sal visited them for Christmas. Um, so, you know, it's those comments from Stone explaining uh, those payments actually just shows how close these two were. Yeah, and that could be anything. I mean, I've got my own theories about Roger Stone and what he does in his free time and the privacy of his own home. Uh, it's kind of I, I I get a Jerry Falwell Jr. vibe off this, but you know that's all pure speculation on my part. But a very interesting connection nonetheless, and interesting timing as well. You know, as you say, right after his was it his commutation or his pardon? Anyway, right around there. Yes, and uh, that's just really weird. Now, you also say in your story here in in the New York Daily News that Greco is under an NYPD internal affairs investigation. Do you know the nature of that investigation? Is it because of his uh, association with Stone or Kristen Davis, or is there just no information on that? Um, um, To be clear, it was commuted, just to correct myself. I think I said pardon. It was when his his sentence was commuted over the summer. Got it. Um, But yeah, as far as the internal affairs investigation is concerned, um. Those type of inquiries are generally very shrouded in secrecy. Um, Commissioner Shea, the NYPD commissioner, Dermot Shea, has said they're looking at, that they were looking for officers at the Capitol. Um, Presumably, Greco would fall under the umbrella of that inquiry just as um, an officer who, you know, was with Roger Stone and Oath Keepers. Um, he's really mixed up in this thing. I mean, there's no way around it just by looking at the video, um, the fact that the NYPD confirmed there's an internal affairs investigation of him. Um, you know, specifically what they're looking at him for, we don't know, beyond just that it relates to his presence in D.C. Um, I would assume, I think it's safe to assume that his friendship with Stone and Davis sort of 
falls into that inquiry. But, you know, whether they're going to discipline him for associating with felons or not, uh, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, you know, we know that the union is representing him in this, but um, it's a very secretive process. It's a very lengthy process. Um, so I can't really tell you much more than that. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I do have a couple more questions about Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and Stone and Greco, but I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Great. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, it's AG. This Helping a Daily Beans is brought to you by Stamps.com. Sometimes I dream about all the amazing places I would go if I had extra time and money. One of those places is not the post office. So if you're like me and you want to avoid waiting in lines, being around a bunch of people, wasting precious time and money, I recommend using Stamps.com. Mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com is so easy. They allow you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from the Postal Service and UPS. And Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money. You get the service services of the post office and UPS all in one place. Plus, you get big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. I found their service entirely smooth and efficient. I absolutely love it. It's a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices or a giant warehouse sending out thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule for pickup or drop-off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder nearly a million small businesses already use it. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code DAILYBEANS, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, plus a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts required. Just head to Stamps.com, click on the tiny microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in DAILYBEANS, all one word. That's Stamps.com, promo code DAILYBEANS. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking with Stephen Brown, Manhattan federal court reporter for the New York Daily News, and uh, this interesting piece on Roger Stone, um, this byline that you've done here. And before the break, I, I, I told you I wanted to ask you about Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, because Greco also has ties to the Oath Keepers. And, you know, the, those are the ones who guarded Stone in front of his hotel the day of the insurrection. He's pictured with them in front of Stone's hotel the morning of the attack on the Capitol. Do you have any other information about his? I, I mean, we we know he was there with Stone, but do you know if there are any photos of him in the Capitol or where he was during the actual siege? Greco? Where he where was right. Greco was, according to Kristen Davis and Roger Stone in the story he just published, um, he was at the hotel at the Willard with um, Stone and Davis. And uh, I believe Stone writes in his account that Greco went and looked um, sort of at the crowd gathering around for, for Trump's speech prior to the insurrection and saw that it was, you know, a huge amount of people. And then, as I, if I recall correctly, went back to the hotel. There's no indication that Greco went to the Capitol. Um, as far as the Oath Keepers are concerned, the only association we know of is through the Venmo account that I described. And then just the fact that he was there in Stone's entourage among these Oath Keepers acting as security. Um, and, I mean, when I interviewed Kristen Davis for the story, she speculated that um, all the guys 
And, you know, well, Stone spoke at a speech the night prior on January 5th. He, he gave a speech at a, at a rally. Oath Keepers were there acting as security at that time as well. Greco was there, um, she said. And she speculated that afterwards, all the guys, as she, she said it, got together and hung out. And that she, she guessed that that was when somehow Greco and James became friends on Venmo. You know, maybe it was through an exchange of phone numbers, which then synced up with Venmo. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what, you know, that's as far as we've been able to get, as far as any sort of association between this active duty police officer and um, a far right militia. Yeah. And, and I think the, the line that really stood out to me in your story is uh, just a brief mention that Greco was seen with Proud Boys leader Nordine, who goes by the name Rufio. Now, we've had recent reporting that four leaders of the Proud Boys have been indicted for conspiracy for helping lead the insurrection. That includes uh, Donahoe, uh, Rail, um, Nordine, and Joe Biggs, right? Joe Biggs was seen with uh, Roger Stone in July of 2019, same time Greco was there. But what what the discussions we've been having this week is that in these charging documents of the conspiracy for these Proud Boys, they had all these encrypted messaging channels that they were using. And then, bam, Tario, Enrique Tario, the de facto leader of the Proud Boys, is arrested on January 4th. And then they delete all of those uh, group chats, create a new one called Boots on the Ground. And in these charging documents, there's an unnamed, unindicted co-conspirator who is who is naming Nordine as the leader now. He's the leader of the boots on the ground thing now. It's no longer uh, Tario, but he doesn't say Tario's name. He just says it's now Nordine, this Rufio character. Watch out for Antifa and the cops are going to be our main concern. And I think what's, you know, we've been trying to figure out who this unindicted co-conspirator is, but Roger Stone has a history of insulating himself one step from the criminals, not from Donald Trump, but just from like WikiLeaks, for example, he had Credico in between there, right? And and it would make sense to me that there would be a person who is the unindicted co-conspirator that was close to Roger Stone, and this is all speculation, but that wasn't at the riot itself, right? And would provide a layer of insulation between Stone and the communications with these four conspirators that were arrested, their Proud Boys leaders. And we were thinking maybe Engels, maybe Oaks, uh, maybe there's another person in Florida that it could have been. We're going to get more information on that. But now that you're bringing up Greco, I'm wondering who has ties to Nordine and Roger Stone and was seen with Roger Stone, but not in the insurrection. Maybe this could be a, one of those helpful layers of insulation between Roger Stone's communications directly with these with these Proud Boys. Um, you know, I can't speculate um, about Greco's sort of having any ties to the Proud Boys. Um, I mean, I'd note that Stone wrote in his column that Greco had actually been a vocal critic of the Proud Boys, which, you know, I wasn't aware of that, but I sort of find it intriguing and I'm keeping that in mind for any further work I do on the story. Um, yeah, also very helpful for insulating himself. <laughs> and, and um, you know, the only, the only connection we've seen of Greco and the Proud Boys was that photo of him and Nordine. Um, which was just another one of those moments when, we, as we were reporting the story, where we were like, geez, this guy is just turning up 
all the time around these like prominent far right characters. Um, but you know, we don't know what was said, what was he, what was he doing there? Anything like that. Um, so I, you know, I can't, I can't speculate, uh, Again, the only fact that we know is he does have ties to Nordine. Well, he has ties in the sense that he was photographed. But beyond that, you know, I, I, I can't sort of flesh it out any more than that. Um, but I would say I would say, you know, he's given that, you know, the fact that the FBI is saying it's launched. This is like the lar- largest investigation in its history of the Capitol insurrection. And, you know, they're bringing these conspiracy charges and Greco is ensnared in this internal affairs investigation. Like, it's fair to, um, to, 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 to speculate that his communications and his ties are being examined. Um, just to be clear, there's no indication of any, like, law-breaking here that I, that I have seen. You know, there's, there's, there's indications of violations of NYPD rules and regulations but, you know, it's fair to say, to say that he is mixed up in all of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just to be clear, that photograph of Greco with Nordine was at that July 2019 Correct. rally, um, which is also the same month uh, that Stone and Biggs held a fundraiser at the D.C. International Trump International Hotel and also was pictured at that rally with Nordine Stone with a bullhorn and Nordine with his hand on Stone's shoulder. So. So we've got Biggs, Nordine, you know, at this conspiracy and Greco just happens to be there. And it's it's really interesting to to I mean, obviously, we we don't know anything yet. They're they're investigating. It's a massive investigation. We'll find out more, I assume, as as the investigation unfolds. But it's just very interesting. And also the response that you got from from Roger Stone about the piece. I agree. I think that's well said. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) It's always we'll wait and see. But here's what I think. Uh, So I appreciate your time today. I encourage everybody to read the piece. Can you tell everyone where to follow you on social media? Uh, Sure. My uh, my Twitter handle is PPV, like pay-per-view, SRB. That's my initials. My byline is Stephen Rex Brown. Uh, And, you know, nydailynews.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Manhattan Federal Court reporter for the New York Daily News, Stephen Brown. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this segment of the podcast is brought to you by Truebill. It's a new year, thank goodness, and it's a perfect time to take stock of your finances, take a look at your spending habits, and see where you can start saving. If you want to make it easier on yourself, I recommend trying Truebill. It's spring cleaning for your finances. It's an easy-to-use app. It's the smartest way to take control of your finances and save money. Most people think they spend around 80 bucks a month on subscriptions, but they actually spend closer to $200 a month. Truebill allows you to review your recurring charges in one place and cancel subscriptions directly through the app. Truebill has a variety of tools to help customers improve their finances, and it helps you create a monthly budget and expenses track and evaluate savings goals, and you get push notifications when you're getting close to going over your budget. With Truebill, you can easily identify fraudulent activity too, and you'll receive full credit reports with explanations of the current status and suggestions for improvement. You get automated savings where you choose how much to put away weekly, which is awesome. Truebill works with many of the nation's top providers to negotiate and lower your bills, too, including AT&T, T-Mobile, and Spectrum. With bank-level security, Truebill helps you feel good about your finances. Truebill has one over 1 million users, and they've saved them up to more than $50 million. So read their rave reviews at Truebill.com. The average person saves $720 a year with Truebill. Get started today at Truebill.com beans. Take control of your finances and start saving at Truebill.com beans. 
That's truebill.com slash beans. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. It's on the way. We're going to continue the good news from the Karen Good News on into the listener-submitted good news. If you have any good news for us or corrections or confessions or you want to play What the Mutt where we guess your uh, rescue dog's breed mix or uh, you want to tell us about some misheard song lyrics, any, you want to start a new game, hey, let us know. Whatever it is, you can send it all to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We would love to hear from you. Uh, let's just kick this off. I've got a submission here from Jay. Pronouns he and him. Hello, my favorite ladies of the beans. That means you too, Dana. Mm -hmm. First off, some good news. I received my first dose of the Moderna vaccine this past Sunday. Also, some misheard lyrics. Benny and the Jets. Oh, come on. Nobody even knows those lyrics, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Benny and the Jets is on my list of all-time favorite songs for years since childhood. I heard it as, she's got electric boobs, a mohair suit. I have sang it that way for years. Same, Jay, same. No one in my family ever corrected me. I never knew the correct lyric till a few years back when I was singing karaoke. This was a huge brain blow up to me when I read boots on the screen and not boobs. And after confirming uh, on the wed on the web that the lyrics were indeed, she's got electric boots, a mohair suit. I read it in a magazine. <laughs> I asked my mom if she knew the correct lyrics, and she said she did. I asked why no one ever corrected me, and my mom told me it was because everyone thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thank you again for bringing me the good news, or bad, in a format I can stomach, and the laughs. As Pat Tax, I've included a picture of Charlotte enjoying a car ride this past weekend. Charlotte is a great name for this baby. Look at this puppy. Oh, yes. Tongue out. Enjoying the ride. Meh. That's so adorable. Yeah. She got electric boobs. A mohair suit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with the electric boobs. All right, this next one ah. is from you. You said ah, ah. <laughs> and then we <laughs> moved on. All right, this next one from Dawn. No pronouns given. Hello, my lovely beanie babies. I have no other outlet for this confession. I don't live in the U.S. anymore, so I don't have a friend group or coworker pool with whom to share U.S. and pop culture related thoughts. This has been stewing in my head for weeks now, and not being able to share it is maddening. Okay, here goes. As Gen Xers. I'm sure you remember the classic Bill Murray movie, What About Bob? (laughs) In that movie, I love that movie, Bob tracks down his therapist who is on vacation. He's on vacation at Lake Winnipesaukee. Is that right? Winnipesaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love this movie growing up. I still watch it occasionally because it's unironically one of my favorites. My confession is that every single time I see, hear, or read a mention of President Biden's press secretary, <laughs> I do not hear it in my head as Jen Psaki. No, no. My brain automatically changes it to J- to Lake Jenna Psaki. <laughs> My my firm belief is that since I was unable to share this thought with anyone when it first occurred, that is why it has taken root in my brain and I cannot turn it off. I'm hoping by sharing this Lake Genepasaki with you, I can exercise this from my brain and stop giggling at the news. Mm, I don't know, man. Yes. Do it anyway. I love you guys so much. Cannot thank you enough for being so kind, caring, empathic, righteously indignant, and fucking hilarious. Mm. As pet tax, I'm including pictures of my 18-year... I'm going to... If I'm ever single, I'm going to actually put that on my Tinder profile. I'm kind, caring, empathic, righteously indignant, and fucking hilarious. All right. As pet tax, I'm including pictures of my 18-year-old cat, Fasula. Nice name. 
Fuzu, fuzz, Fuzzilla. Fuzzilla. Oh, Fuzzilla. like Godzilla, but fuzz. Fuzzilla. Thank you, Fuzzilla. She, pa- oh, she passed away two years ago from kidney disease, but she had a long life, including moving across the country twice and moving across the ocean once. She was the sweetest and most gentle cat. She's partially the reason I'm so happily married. She was terrified of anyone other than me until she met my now husband. She loved him immediately, and that helped me trust him. They cuddled together all the time, often in matching poses, positions. It was adorable. Adorbs. Beautiful cat. Oh. <gasps> She's beautiful. I had a cat that looked like that when I was a kid. Her name was Emma. Oh, that's a good name for a cat. What a sweet honey. It's like a long-haired calico or torty, but just beautiful. Calico. That last picture, if you're not paying attention, that looks like the carpet underneath is her body, and she is a huge, massive, fat kitty, and she's not. (laughs) (laughs) She's perfect. Not that fat kitties aren't perfect. They're also perfect. It's wonderful. Yeah, I have a similar thing with, like, uh, Jenna Psaki. Uh, Every time I talk about Michael Sherwin, I think of the the paint store, Sherwin-Williams. Oh, there you go. I'm like, ask Michael Sherwin. And it just, it's, I hate that guy. All right. Next up, Andrew, pronouns he and him. Hey, Beans, good news. My parents' dog, Cinder, is now healed up and has had his cone of shame removed. I thought I'd front load the good part so you wouldn't panic. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> that, yeah, and then you say uh. that, Andrew. A couple weeks ago, they noticed he was licking a nasty gash on his side. They brought him to the vet, and he ended up needing a dozen stitches. We're still perplexed about how he managed to injure himself, but we know he and his sister like to play hard. They like to run right along the fence, so my dad did his best to puppy-proof it by removing any sharp edges, pounding in nails, scraping off splinters, etc. Maybe other listeners can do the same, just to be safe. Even with his stitches and cone on, he didn't slow down when playing. Pictured is the mess he made of his cone nap time with his sister Ella and her trying to steal his tennis ball right out of his mouth. No need to guess their breeds. They're all exactly what they look like. Thanks for the show. Oh, These are labbies. So Aww. sweet. Oh, they're gorgeous. Aww. Beautiful doggies. They look so soft. Yeah, that cone is a mess. Uh, the tape it. <laughs> try to tape it dirt again. Nope. Okay. Sticks and dirt and tape. It's pretty punk rock. It's fantastic. All right. If I ever had a cone of shame, that's what I want it to look like. This next one's from Rowan, pronouns he and him. Hello, lovely people of the Daily Beans. I'm a longtime listener and first time good news share. I've been waiting for an exciting enough news, and I personally think that my parents both being vaccinated now counts. However, the thing that really pushed me over the edge was my desire to share a childhood story that is closely adjacent to misheard song lyrics. I'm of the age that I listened to a lot of Ace of Bass when I was a little kid (laughs) who didn't, Mr. Um, Real. Yeah. Uh, And I am so many kinds of gay (laughs) that I thought the band members were a lesbian couple and a gay male couple who had teamed up to make a dance music. Oh, I love this person. Imagine my Catholic mother's surprise when she learned that her eight-year-old thought this pop band was basically a gay double date. They may be Nazi sympathizers in real life, but in my head... (laughs) In my head canon, they are queer and no one can take that away from me. Oh, my God. I was to date years old when I learned that they aren't. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, below are my podcasts. The orange and white tabby is Rith, 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 um, named after a dragon in Magic, uh, in Magic the Gathering. Uh, and the tortoise shell is Ruby, after the Steven Universe character. Ruby is loud and intense, as advertised, and pretends to hate her rambunctious younger brother, but she's not fooling anyone. Thanks for all the laughs and fish. And for making these past four years more bearable. So long and thanks for all the fish, Rowan. Excellent 
Excellent reference, by the way. Thank you for that. Oh, and, my goodness. <gasps> look at... Oh. These kitties. Oh, the torty is so beautiful. So pretty. All these cats are gorgeous. The other one is, too. No, the other one is stupid, but look at the... No, yeah. that, the, look at this tabby. I love his face. He's got a man-cat face. I don't know if you know what that sounds feels like, but... Uh, <laughs> anyway, beautiful. Beautiful Did you kitties. Say, Thank I don't you know if those. you know what that sounds and feels like. <laughs> I don't know if any of the listeners caught that, but I think she was lesbian shaming me. I don't know if you know what that feels like, Dana. Yeah, okay. No, no, I meant because you're not a cat person, not because you're not a man person. (laughs) Dana, I know you don't know what a man cat face feels like. like, What's a man cat face? You could just tell they're a boy. Oh my god! Uh, I thought it was men's faces that look like cats. See, this is what happens. Or that there was scruffy, like he had whiskers on his face that were scratchy or something. That's where my brain did all of these things. Okay. Oh, okay. My turn. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> my turn. It's your turn. I just uh, covered the 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 gay, the, um, the, gay, uh, the gay with the cats. Gays of base. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Next up from A. Pronouns she and her. Hi, y'all. I'm so excited to talk about my good news this week. I'm a public school seventh grade teacher, oh, bless you, who has been in the classroom since August, and I'm finally going to get my first vaccine this week. Yes. Incredibly, considering how much more exposure I've had, been, you know, I've been forced to undergo since August in my immediate family, I will be the last adult in my bubble to reach this milestone. This means my wonderful fiance and I will be able to have an outdoor small ceremony where we celebrate our second marriages this summer as well as hopefully move into a home that will fit our new blended and amazing family. I'm so happy that 2021 has brought us new hope and a relationship I think will genuinely go the distance. I love listening to you, and please don't believe everything you hear in the national news about Georgia. My son can easily and happily listen to list 10 reasons why he loves Raphael Warnock in a minute or less. Nope. Yes, excellent. And and no pet tax because my son and I are both asthmatic. But here is my future stepdaughter, Aww. all cuddled under a quilt. I made her. Oh, stay safe and healthy. <gasps> oh, this is such a sweet picture. That quilt is lovely too, and her hair. I want that. Can I have that? It's fantastic, okay. fantastic. Thank you so much for that. All right, this next one is from an anonymous person with pronouns <laughs> she, she and her. Sorry, cat man face. I can't get over it. It's because you're not a cat person, oh not because you're not a man, man person. person. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. I like men. I just don't want to touch them. Okay, hi, Beans Queens. My good news is that my 80-year-old mom in Texas is finally vaccinated. Woo-hoo. This process was made much more complicated by the craziness of the past two months. Now, we got her safely through the great Texas freeze. What the fuck? Those words do not belong together. (laughs) Then she broke her arm and had to be in rehab since. Now she's finally going home and hopefully everything will be a bit smoother going forward. My sister and I live out of town and it's been a long, lonely year for her. So we're looking forward to her enjoying some well-earned vaccinated benefits. Here's my very embarrassing misheard lyric. Uh, They've been flooding into my mind since you started this section. I thought that the hook for Rockefeller skank was bum so rubber, check it out now. (laughs) Bump so rubber, check Check it it out out now. now. Which is the funk soul brother, check it out now. All right. I am beyond grateful I was never caught singing this out loud. I am not. Um, I should also know that it just occurred to me this year that I probably had this wrong. I couldn't even figure out how to look this one up. <laughs> oh, my God. How funny. 
The bum soul rubber. Yeah, sometimes you're like bum soul rubber, and you're like, you know what? That's probably incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I've, laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe those for aren't years. the words. Yeah, I, that I do all the time. I don't necessarily correct and find them, but I dev said to myself, singing, you know what? I bet that's not what they say right there. It can't be. It can't be bum soul rubber. No, uh, and you were you were correct. <laughs> Thank you for all of these submissions. This was wonderful. Um, I appreciate everything that you're sending in. All the good news and corrections and confessions. Whatever you have, you can send them to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And thank you to, we got so many donations of one year premium feed memberships where people can get the, you know, the premium feed, the ad free feed and all of our bonus content. Um, it's 36 bucks for the year. We got a flood of them. And so if you want one of those, go to dailybeanspod.com. Scroll down on the front page. You can sign up to be on the wait list to get one of those donated one-year premium memberships. And if you are able to donate one, that's where you can do it. That's where You do it all in one place, one-stop shop. So we appreciate that so much. You all are amazingly kind people, really, honestly. You continue. Never cease to amaze me. Um, anything before we get out of here, Dina? No, I think we can wrap it up for today. Wrap it up. Okay, we're going to wrap it up, everybody, until tomorrow. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been TG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh my God, A G I. So I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B 52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the Has anybody seen a dog died dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with appliques on? You're like, what? Keeps the rain like I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from They Might Be Giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although, were they talk? What, was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> he won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my uh, god! The best I, can I, lo- get I love them. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, "Birdhouse in Your Soul," which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. Yeah, it's sung from the point of view. Uh, sung from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.